Hi, and welcome to the Cornelius Seed Podcast. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Established in 1935, we're an American-owned and family-owned independent seed company. And we're excited to partner with you in our new podcast by bringing you five generations of agricultural experience and decades of industry expertise. In our podcasts, you can expect to gain valuable and timely information to aid you in making decisions for your operation. We'll keep things simple and informative and much like our motto, Planet Profit. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Cornelius Seed Podcast. This is Juan Camacho, Cornelius Seed Innovation Lead, and I'm joined by Craig Alleman, our lead agronomist. In today's episode, you know, we're going to talk about some higher yielding soybeans, going to focus our conversation around some early planting dates and things of that nature. But as we all know, that's becoming relatively common now. Let's start off the conversation, Craig, with how did it get started? Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good place to go to when we start talking about higher yielding soybeans and particularly about early planter, planting as a means to getting there. And um, it, it's fairly new. Uh, there, you know, there's probably been some early adopters that have been working, you know, with this for a half a dozen years or so. But I'm going to say the last couple of years um, really heavily adopted across the Corn Belt and, um, you know, pr- just pretty proven at this point in time. But, you know, the reason I think the reason this all started, we, we really probably wouldn't have dreamed about planting beans as early as we do. And, I, and I'm talking for all intents and purposes, you know, that first uh, couple of weeks in April, you know, as 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 the earliest. I and mean, as we get further south, you'll see some guys pull down into March even. But, uh, you know, years ago, um, we would have just been just devastated with disease. So the reason that we were probably able to start uh, experimenting with this and, and then getting to the point we are today is because of the development of, of the uh, seed treatments that we have now available to us for soybeans. And, you know, you think about, oh, you think about a decade or so ago, um, maybe two, brown stem rot was just devastating in soybeans. And, you know, nowadays we pretty much, most of our beans are resistant to brown stem rot through, through breeding. But um, sudden death is kind of took its place as probably the number one soybean disease. And that's a cold, wet soil type disease, uh, you know, generally right after planting or, or in that early emergent stage. And um, so, you know, when we, when we started to have some products like uh, first it was Olivo and now Saltro, um, you know, that allowed us to, to do some things uh, in those areas where we would have just been annihilated by sudden death on, on the early planting type window. So once we started doing it, I mean, first thing we saw was just, is just a, a pretty, you know, amazing yield increase, you know, that five to 10 bushel, you know, was not uncommon. And, um, you know, that's a huge jump and, and, and really for not putting any input into it. So it's not like we're spending money on the front end to, to get a couple of bushel, you know, we're just changing our practices and reaping the, the benefits of that. So, you know, once, once we saw that, you know, the, of course, the next thing we do is try to figure out why, why are we getting this increase? Can we repeat it? And, um, you know, what are, what are the, uh, you know, what are the pitfalls that we need to watch out for, um, in that type of a scenario. So again, um, obviously if you're planting soybeans early, uh, you, you need to have the protect seed treatment on there. That's, that's the beginning. 
And so, you know, fun, fungicide in particular, but also the uh, SDS product in particular needs to be on there. Um, not, not so much uh, insects, although if you're the first soybean field around, uh, you, you know you're going to attract all the bean leaf beetles in in the country. Um, so, but if, if we're all doing it early, then it's not so bad there. But for sure, the fungicides and the, and the, the SDS product uh, needs to be on there. So um, what, what, what benefits are we seeing or why, why are we seeing this yield? You know, some of the interesting early studies that they did on this, you would expect if I'm going to plant, if I normally planted my beans in mid-May and now I'm planting them in mid-April, well, shoot, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, be harvesting those um, a month sooner. Uh, shoot, you might even start thinking about hitting some September contracts or something like that. But what we, uh, what the studies have shown that um, number of days from emergence to maturity um, actually is, is greatly extended. Um, now that you just think about that. Uh, that is going to be a huge benefit because we're going to have um, that many more days to um, use that factory, you know, the soybean factory to produce seed and to put heavier seed on more pods or, per, or be able to hold more pods uh, on the plant. So, you know, basically what they're showing is about 12 days longer um, of days from emergence to, ma to maturity uh, by planting earlier you know, as comparable to what we used to plant uh, before we started doing this high yielding program. Now, the second thing um, that they're showing is we are actually flowering earlier, uh, you know, significantly earlier by uh, by getting these soybeans planted. And, you know, the summer solstice, that it's a night length that triggers the soybeans to start flowering. And that we, we look at kind of that week after the summer solstice on June 21st when we used to do most of our or trigger our flowering the soybean plant has to be v3 basically before it'll flower but if it's v3 and you get that right amount of of, of uh darkness at night and uh, and warm nights also can play in there a little bit too on that trigger mechanism but if you get that right amount of darkness you're going to go ahead and start flowering but when we when we got into this early planting we're catching that week ahead of the summer solstice instead of the week after. So now we're starting to flower, you know, at least by mid-June. You know, I've seen it earlier than that, depending on the year. But as compared to, you know, basically the 1st of July in the past. So that gives us a, a longer time then that we're going to spend, spend in the R2 stages. And that's the next thing that the study showed us is that we're going we're gonna to get that R2 stage which is when we're putting on nodes, you know, that's the full flower stage, but that's when we're adding nodes to the plant. And we're going to spend somewhere between eight and 10 days, additional days in that R2 growth stage. And that's just going to give us more nodes. And, you know, of course, nodes is where we put pods on. So if we get another two, three nodes, uh, because we're spending more time in that stage, going to increase our yield potential. So those are kind of the two big things that that we that we found that we were getting out of that early planting is we were just physically spending more days um, to maturity from emergence to maturity and we were spending more time in that critical r2 stage so i'm hearing you that pretty much it, this is really adding days to those growth stages and there's the obvious benefits to that i was wondering 
is there a difference in maturity groups? Like, is one maturity group seeing a, a, a greater benefit to the to these growth stages than another one, or is it the same across the board? They're they're you're pretty much seeing the same benefits across the board on maturity groups. So let's just take down here in my area, just as an as an example. You know, we're we're kind of two eight to a three five maturity range here. So if we look at that normal maturity range that we use, we're getting that same benefit from the, you know, from that two eight clear through that two, that three five soybean. Now, if you get ultra early in your maturity, so if we, if we would crank down to maybe a 2.4, you know, where, where really our starting point is a 2.8, then we may not get that benefit out of that, out of that ultra early soybean. But thing in your normal maturity range, it looks like, uh, will carry that benefit. So is there any, any watch outs that, um, that, you know, cause you're going earlier. So you have obviously a higher chance at, at some exposure to the, to some low temperatures. Um, what, what should someone look out for when you're going that early? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, obviously if we're going to plant soybeans earlier, um, there are going to be some watch outs cause otherwise, you know, we, t- we did talk about the disease as being a reason we didn't, but the next thing we'd be worried about is temperature. And, you know, people, I think in the past, we've thought soybeans are um, maybe not as tough of a plant as corn. And probably the opposite is true is what we've found out uh, when we've went into these earlier planting dates. Now, you know, corn, we're not awfully, too awfully concerned with corn frost, frosting at the, um, you know, at the real early stages, because the growing point is under the ground. So if we don't freeze down to where the growing point is, it'll just continue to, you know, put new, uh, new shoots out, new nodes. But with a soybean, the growing point is obviously is above the ground. So, you know, initially we're very concerned about that. Well, one thing it, you, you need to get down to 28 degrees Fahrenheit for extended period of time, probably up to four hours before you really do a great amount of damage to that soybean plant. And, um, you know, we, that, that's just, that's pretty tough to get. I mean, we've done it, we've done it in, in the last couple of years, but it's pretty tough to get to that, uh, that type of temperature for that extended period of time. So we've got that going for us, but, you know, worst case scenario, uh, those beans come up, they get frosted off. It's still plenty early to get planted. I mean, it might even be early enough to hit this, hit still hit this early flowering window. So, um, you know, there's not, I, I, I'm saying the risk there is not um, tremendous. There is risk there. You have to understand your replant policy. Um, you know, if you have federal crop, have you, have you planted after their window when they get, you know, when they'll cover you on replant, what's your, policy with your seed company, things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's not as risky as what we kind of thought about. The next thing is, you know, corn, if we injure that, we, you know, if we have that cold shock or, or we, you know, we get dinged with some, you know, soil borne fungal diseases, things like that, we, we can really take a lot of yield out of our corn because we're pretty population sensitive there. We've got such a range in population with soybeans and they, you know, you've seen them branch out, you know, all, all farmers know how much they can branch out under differing, um, 
you know, differing populations that we've just got a lot of leeway there to work with. So, um, you know, we even under pretty tough, stressful conditions, you know, snow after planting, frost, things like that, you know, we, we just got along tremendously good with this early planting. And that, that risk factor is just not nearly as scary as what it used to be. So can you assign a, like an optimum date to plant, whether it's in your county or is it, you know, would you say it's a couple of weeks from what you normally do? Yeah. Let, let's just, let's just take the state of Iowa. You know, the latest recommendations are the, the top three tiers of county. So, you know, if we kind of just visualize it up there, let's just say highway 20 North, you know, their optimum planning date there is May 1st, which is already earlier, significantly earlier, earlier than it used to be. And then the rest of the state below highway 20 is April 25th. Okay. So, you know, I think, I think this, they're not, they're not talking about these type of, of, uh, of early planting windows yet. Although, you know, an April 5th plant or April 25th planting in the Southern two thirds of Iowa can hit this early flowering window. But if we're talking about making sure we get it, we're going to probably want to start a little earlier and it's probably a couple of weeks earlier than what the normal recommendations are. So that bottom two thirds of Iowa, you know, it might be, you know, we hit the 10th of 10th of April and we, we have good conditions in the field and decent temperatures, you know, that's probably when we're going to start looking at hitting the field in this type of a system, you know, uh, top two thirds, instead of May 1st, it might be April 25th up there in that top three tiers of counties. So that's just okay. kind of a general rule of thumb, I think is what we're looking at. Well, thanks for that, Craig. I think another uh, important thing to note as we're talking about this um, optimum planning window is that it seems that like that added benefit of going early, um, you don't really start to lose that. It seems like you don't start to lose that yield potential really until mid-May, you know, which which I think gives a lot of uh, opportunity for, for our growers to capitalize, you know, in whichever best time fits their operation. The last thing that, that I think comes to mind and, and circling back on, on the watchouts, um, you know, is there any tips and that you might have for our growers or, or um, specifically around managing some of that added stress? Because we're going earlier, so we're going to have some added stress here in July or August. Um, maybe, you know, handling insects or, or leaf diseases. And is there anything we can do in advance of this? Yeah, well, we've talked about the, uh, the seedling seed treatments. So we're doing that for our early planning, protecting against sudden death, you know, which will show up uh, really the damaging part will show up during pod fill in August. Uh, but also, you know, like damping off from Pythium, things like that. So we've done that up front. I mean, that's a must. You would not want to go unprotected into, into anything. But then you bring up a good point because that window during grain fill is going to be, you know, even longer. And, you know, we, as good as we can, we protect against stress at that time of the year. Number one, we're filling, you know, we're filling the pods. Um, but a soybean plant, if it gets super stressed, you know, that, that, oh, let's just say that R3 growth stage last week, July, first week in August, you know, it'll, 
it can abort pods even at that point in time, or it might, it might have a three bean pod and it shuts that down to a two bean. I mean, there's a lot of mechanisms it can use if it knows it's under stress to kind of alleviate some of that. So um, we've got a longer period that we want to deal with that. Um, you know, we need to be scouting for insects. Bean leaf beetles will be back that time of the year, but the Japanese beetle has, has been a, a bad pest um, in soybeans in recent years. So we do want to scout and be, be proactive about controlling that. Uh, hopefully we've taken care of the uh, sudden death uh, through our soybean uh, seed treatment through the Saltro, but um, we'll be scouting for other diseases because we can put a fungicide on at that R3 growth stage. Um, and, you know, those fungicides not only control the fungus, but they do have some stress relieving capabilities and uh, that's a good time of the year to relieve that stress. There's other products out there that people will use. Um, it may be some micronutrients um, that, that can also relieve stress, or there's just some, you know, stress relieving um, products that you can put out, put in with your fungicide if you're putting it on at that time of the year. Uh, so there, there's, there's some pretty good tools in the toolbox there then. But if we've gone to all the trouble to get those extra pods, get those extra beans, um, we do want to fin make sure we're careful and finish it out and put as much weight into them as we can. Cause that's, I mean, that's your final X factor there that you could, you could pick up another five bushel or better probably is just by getting those, you've got the beans there. Now you got to get them as big and heavy as you can. You get paid by weight. So that is pretty, pretty important. Yeah, definitely. Craig. I think uh, we've talked about a lot there and it, it's, it's so interesting with, how many benefits and even things to watch out for uh, when you're approaching, you know, going early and, and planting beans. And from everything you said, I, the biggest takeaway for me is is really upfront. If you're going into this, this this decision for your operation is is you know protect yourself, you know, against that sudden death with the seed treatments that you talked about, and and then as we're in those growth stages and whatnot is, is that scouting, you know, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's so important. And that, and that comes up a lot in our conversations. And um, is there anything else you think I'm missing there that we can close this up with? I don't think you've missed anything. I, I just, just kind of reiterating, you know, we, we do a lot of trial and error in, in our production systems. And, you know, we use, we use a product and get a, couple bushel here and we had a half a bushel there and you know it it we got to continue to do that because we got to find the next you know the next uh rung in the ladder that help, helps us increase yield but you know the exciting thing about this one once again is not having to put any input into it really just planning changing your you know your cultural practices and and just planting a little earlier and being able to reap a pretty amazing benefit from doing that you know that that's what's exciting to me is we're not not asking uh not asking a customer to spend extra money to get an extra benefit for them so it's pretty exciting work that's been done you know and again to give credit where credit is due we've got we've got great genetics that'll handle the stress better and we've got great um uh, great uh soil borne fungal disease type products and sds products that allow us to get in there earlier and, and, uh, and to reap that benefit. So uh, it's a pretty neat uh, discovery. Thanks, Craig. As always, um, got some interesting topics. 
Um, to our listeners, thank you for taking a moment out of your day and checking out our podcast. Um, we're always excited to connect with you, whether you're reaffirming something you already know or picking up something new. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity. Don't forget to check out any of our other social media. And if you have any questions or would like to see additional info or data that we reference in these conversations, don't hesitate to send us a note by going to www.corneliusc.com. Thank you and have a good rest of your week.